Hyundai Monday, and we've got episode four. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to another Hyundai Monday. I hate it. I'm Casey. And I'm Emma. And each week we're going to rate the unbelievability of chat mag articles. Or how dull they are. That's a new segment this week. Yeah, apparently. <laughs> we're running out of good ones, so now we're rating how boring they are. <laughs> so if that doesn't grab your interest... So sit back with a cup of tea, grab a glass of Prosecco, and enjoy another episode of Unbelievable. So this article is called Hands Off. The subheading is A Saucy Spook Grabbed My Boobs. <laughs> and this is from Ali Mather 54 from Pontefract in West Yorkshire. The party was in full swing when I arrived. The guests were having a great time gossiping together and drinking wine. I'll just set you up here on this table, the host Sam said, leading me to the quiet living room. Great, I said, getting out my tarot cards. A medium and clairvoyant, I was born with the gifts of being able to speak with, hear, sense, smell and see spirits. Of course you were. (laughs) The whole shebang. I often do platform work around the country, giving messages from those in spirit to the living. And thanks to my gift, I'm called out to haunted houses to cleanse them of troublesome spirits so the residents can get some peace. I feel like this is just self promo. <laughs> yeah, yeah. She's just promoing her business. I also read the tarot cards and do psychic parties like this one. <laughs> it was February 2020 and I'd been invited to read for the guests at an old house in South Hindley near Barnsley, Yorkshire. The night was a great success. I gave one-to-one tarot readings and the guests learnt loads about their past lives. Their guides and I connected with loved ones in spirit and passed on messages. Once the partygoers had left, I started packing up my stuff. Before you go, would you mind taking a look at my loft? Sam asked. I had it converted (laughs) after we moved in a few years ago, but I always feel scared when I go up there. It doesn't feel right. You know, like when you go to the doctors and you do like the... Also, while you're here, (laughs) (laughs) yeah, she's done that, but with a medium. This is the real reason. She told me that she often heard noises, bangs and footsteps coming from the loft. I think it might be haunted, she shuddered. I agreed to (laughs) check it out and we headed up to the top of the house. As we climbed the stairs, I held my EMF meter, which is always in my handbag, and gasped. Oh, wow, I muttered. This device detects unusual energy and the average EMF reading in a spooky house is around 0.4. This <laughs> so nothing. <laughs> this was 1.8, <gasps> more than four times the usual reading for a haunted house. I was still looking at the EMF meter when suddenly Sam screamed. I turned around excitedly, expecting to see a spirit. Then I realised <laughs> it was a live man. <laughs> <laughs> also, can I just point out what is she measuring? The EMF. So it's like the electrical magnetic field. I think is what it stands for. Oh, okay. But I love that she screamed at a live man. <laughs> it was a live man. I've never heard a living man described in that way. <laughs> I couldn't help screaming too. <laughs> She's this good poor at Blake. The man turned out to be Sam's partner, David. <laughs> That's a non-story, isn't it? Yeah. He'd only just arrived home. My nerves are totally frayed, Sam Gulp. Let's go back downstairs. So we trooped downstairs, and as we did so, I glanced down at my top. I had a large handprint on my boob. (laughs) And she didn't feel anything. As someone who can talk to, engage with, touch spirits and smell them, she felt nothing. Yeah, I mean, she's probably missold herself because you're right. She absolutely should have been aware of that. (laughs) (laughs) So she's just admitted to be a really crap medium. How on earth had that got there? You tell us! (laughs) Just look at this, I gasped, showing it to Sam. That wasn't there before. 
It must have appeared <laughs> while we were upstairs in the attic. The partner's like, it wasn't me. <laughs> He's just popped out of nowhere. They're all screaming and her, <laughs> her boobs been grabbed. I can't handle this. I need a cup of tea, Sam groaned. <laughs> Fair enough. She headed to the kitchen with David. Intrigued, I went back up to the loft all alone. There was a large <laughs> empty space upstairs and I stood in the middle of it. I had an odd sensation of cold down one side of my face. Suddenly, two big blue bottles appeared from nowhere, buzzing around my head. I hate insects, especially flies. (laughs) Such a crap story. I know, she's such a bad writer, isn't she? Get to the point. (laughs) The flies hadn't been in the loft earlier. It wasn't the season for them, so I needed to act fast. (laughs) What?! That's her logic, that there's something going on. Cause yeah, because there's two there's... flies that weren't there before. They probably were there before. It's just you went upstairs like screaming and ran out. She's just in a manky loft with some flies. That's the story. It's ridiculous. If the spirit could conjure up these horrible insects out of nowhere, the thing was powerful. <laughs> what? <laughs> he hasn't conjured them up, there are two flies in the loft. No, it's a powerful spirit, Emma. Oh, she's infuriating. Connecting with the spirit, I realised he had a grudge against a doctor who had once lived and worked in the house. From this spirit's chaotic energy, I sensed he had struggled <laughs> with mental health issues. We've absolutely seen nothing. She's got a dusty handprint on a boob, which was probably her own handprint and she's seen two flies two flies that's it right so this is the thing so normally and if any of the listeners have have heard our other episodes everything like builds up to it so it'll be like oh they see something and they start communicating with it because they're medium so it's like they meet them and they talk to them and and they get more power <laughs> she's just seen some flies and now is just talking about the spirit's mental health issues where have you got this from it's chaotic energy emma She's got chaotic energy. So this next little part of the article is called Deadly Mission. Okay. I'm waiting here to push the doctor down the stairs. Snarled the spirit <laughs> angrily. <laughs> what? There's no build-up after yeah. that. The description of that is just so clear. Like, it's obviously made up because why would the ghost be saying, I'm waiting here? <laughs> <laughs> like, it wouldn't voice that. The doctor's long gone, I told him firmly. I explained it was years later. He died and attached his energy, his soul, to the house. He was trapped, but he could move into the spirit world. No, I want to kill the doctor. (laughs) (laughs) Said the spirit in reply. It's like a really bad Doctor Who script. (laughs) Bad wolf. (laughs) It was no use. The spirit didn't understand and he wouldn't go to the light voluntarily. So I called in my spirit guides. This is of course you this do. is where it gets good. My team is made up of a Tibetan monk, a female medium in her fifties called May, a Native American guy, a man in a white shirt and black waistcoat who I call the preacher, and an African witch doctor. <laughs> bit like 80s disco band the village people this is just ridiculous (laughs) i'm annoyed that she's picked anyone she's thought throughout time to have had any any connection with the spirit world i don't know what may the witch doctor that's just annoying (laughs) (laughs) um a tibetan monk a female medium so why is why how does she know may's name but she doesn't know any other (laughs) 
<laughs> yeah. a Native American I, guy. I don't know. What's his name? Because if she's so close, like, so she says, I call them the A-team. If they're her A-team, <laughs> why doesn't she know their names? She knows May's name. Why is there just a random bloke in a white shirt and black waistcoat? <laughs> <laughs> Who she calls the preacher? What do you call everyone else? Why has he got his own little nickname? <laughs> May and the preacher. Her A-team is just terrible, isn't yeah. it? The A-team didn't waste any time chaperoning the presence to the spirit world. Can I just point out as well that all those characters, because <laughs> I'm going to say they're characters, <laughs> they um, they will all have totally different advice and stuff to give her. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? They work cohesively together, Emma. The witch doctor is not going to have the same advice as May in her 50s. <laughs> It'd be a pretty good comic strip, to be fair. I'd quite like to see that. <laughs> She's got a really good imagination. They removed him in a jiffy. Afterwards, the EMF level was 0.4 and back to normal. Didn't she say that's a normal haunted house? Yeah, that was the exact normal, so she's obviously making that up. I refuse to believe that her (laughs) reading is the exact same as the example she gave earlier. Amazingly, the attic felt different quickly. It was lighter and brighter. Sam and David felt the change too. This is amazing. I might even use the space now, Sam said, smiling. After chatting to Sam, I later discovered that the house used to be a doctor's surgery. She and David had lived in it for four years and never felt comfortable until now. I told her about the spirit being trapped in the loft and having mental health issues. Was very self-aware about his actions if it had mental health issues. I am waiting here for <laughs> trouble. I am going to push the doctor. <laughs> he was one of the doctor's patients and very disturbed, I added. But he's gone now. In six years of cleansing haunted houses, I've never dealt with such a case. What? So you haven't dealt with any cases then? Yeah, I know. She literally saw some flies and imagined a really weird cast of characters. <laughs> yeah. No, no, but that isn't even part of the story. They're her 18. That's not what she saw in the attic. Yeah. yeah. So, so her saying, I've never dealt with anything like this before. You haven't done any, have you? There's been on all these houses she's cleansed. She saw two flies. <laughs> so it ends with this. What made me laugh, though, was the spirit copped a feel and I never even noticed. <laughs> so you're not a medium. For someone that spent the first half of the article advertising the services that she provides. Think of the um, the ghost pirate one from the other week. Like, she knew from the start, she can sense everything, she's chatting away to him. And all her friends could do that as well, all her medium yeah. friends. They were channeling her fiancé. The fact that she's <laughs> gone up there and saw two flies and that's what gave it away. And a live man. <laughs> she's never dealt with a case like it, Emma. Yeah, I don't buy it. There's a picture of her smiling and then it just says, groped, stealth attack. <laughs> there is actually a photo of the dusty handprint on a boob. So I will share that. Let's see. I'll share that on the Instagram. I mean, it's dust, isn't it? I mean, it is a dusty, it's a dusty handprint. But do ghosts leave dust traces? Yeah, but she's just been climbing into the attic. I thought when you said that she had a handprint, I thought it'd be like a red rash or something. I didn't realise it was dust no, from the No, she's wearing like a red tunic that's got a dusty handprint on. Well, that makes no sense because if a ghost had dust on him, you'd be able to see the ghost. <laughs> yeah, you would. <laughs> that's ridiculous. Like, you know, like an invisible person that wears pants yeah, yeah. you can see. You would. That's ridiculous. Her logic just doesn't work in this one. Also, isn't oh, Pontefract where there was the really, really famous, like, poltergeist haunting? That was Enfield, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, there's one in was Enfield, that... but there's also one in Pontefract. So, for her to be blown away by two blue bottles, she's not looking around, is she? So, there you go, Emma. Hands off, a saucy spook. 
I'm just intrigued with her A-team. That was the bit that made me really like this I article. can visualise it. I've got it in my head. I know exactly what she... I, well, are you <laughs> I know exactly what she wants to be seeing. <laughs> Who is it again? So we've got a witch doctor. We've got a Native American guy. <laughs> just a nameless American, Native American. We've got the Tibetan monk, also nameless. Yeah, of course. A female medium in her 50s called May. Okay. The man in a white shirt and black waistcoat who I call the preacher. <laughs> Why? And yeah, the African witch doctor. <laughs> he just doesn't seem magical or mystical at all. A white shirt and black waistcoat. Spot him down spoons. Yeah. How unbelievable do you think that is? Well, she had a dusty handprint on her, so that came from somewhere, but also she's climbing up in the loft. I think the whole scenario did happen, just with the exception of someone growling, I'm waiting here to kill the doctor. <laughs> like a Bond villain. I think she did see a live man in the attic. She did see two flies. <laughs> and she must have done something to clear the air. What? No, there's nothing there, Emma. Yeah, no, I'm saying, yeah, but I mean... If it's like the placebo effect. The placebo. <laughs> Are you the doctor? <laughs> I think whatever she's said and done in the attic has obviously worked, but it just might not have been anything there to begin with. Also, the fact her reading went down to the exact example she gave as a normal house. But I think she said that that was a normal haunted house. Yeah, she did. So yeah, the, <laughs> why not get that back down to so zero? So yeah, it says the average EMF reading in a spooky house is around zero point four. So it's still haunted. <laughs> so there's obviously more going on that she did not even pick up on. She's left the saucy spook, so she can come back for more. Oh, I haven't scored it. Oh, I'd give that a six. No, six. seven. I'll give you a seven. Okay, so this one is a Jenny Smedley. Yes, we love a Jenny. We're literally her biggest fans. I know. So this is an, one of her in-depth regressions. Okay, I love these. So we had the Irish, the really dark Irish one the other week. Yeah. This is from Kirsty, Buffalo, New York, formerly Essex. She wanted to clarify that. <laughs> so, dear Jenny, please could you tell me if my overeating problem is due to a past life issue? The problem only started a few years ago when I moved to the USA. So... Straight away, she has an eating problem that only started when she moved to America. Well, their portions are literally massive. <laughs> Loads of people have that issue because <laughs> of how big they, how much they eat. So this is called Straw Man. It's the year 1066. <laughs> <laughs> You've been forced to join the king's army in battle, fighting the invading Norman King William on behalf of King Harold. You're a farmer, not a fighter. You don't know who you're fighting or what you're <laughs> fighting for. Not really. The only weapon you have is a wooden club studded with nails. What? <laughs> the king's knights are dressed in metal mail shirts and helms, but you're wearing a thin tunic and trousers. <laughs> <laughs> Aware of your vulnerability against swords and daggers, you're utterly terrified that you're going to die. But suddenly, you're struck with an idea. You walk around the tents picking up discarded items of clothing. Jerkins, breeches, coats, even bundles of straw that the horses feed on. What, in the middle of a battle? Yep. Yeah. <laughs> you dress yourself in them layer after layer of clothes then stuff them with straw so that's the first part and that's why she's fat now <laughs> yeah, but you, <laughs> you have no idea where this is going so the next little title is called brutally killed and it says your plan didn't work you die screaming <laughs> pierced on a spear <laughs> jenny's a savage so the next one that was just one whole little paragraph the plan didn't work you die screaming pierced on a spear <laughs> <laughs> so dead again <laughs> that's the 
title. Another batting, not of your choosing. Another idea to save yourself. This time, you find wool from nearby sheep and stuff your clothes, <laughs> right. stuff your Maybe clothes with if them. you spend more time running away, fighting, doing general war things, <laughs> instead of stuffing your clothes. It almost works, but not quite. You die from an arrow wound. So this is the next one. Severed vein. <laughs> Despite wearing armour in the battle in this life, you're still killed when a short dagger stabs you in the leg and severs an artery, your blood spilling onto the grass. Is this all one life? No, this is multi- this, that's three a past lives. A chain of past lives, okay. Yeah, where she keeps stuffing her clothes. Do something else. Try a different tactic. <laughs> that was the whole regression. So now we go into Jenny's take, because that wasn't Jenny's take apparently. New York has a high knife crime rate, so your subconscious has gone, oh no, not again, stuff it with straw, (laughs) and resorted to yet another idea to protect you from blades. Putting on layers of fat is a way of protecting your vital organs. (laughs) Obese people are more likely to survive a knife attack. Look at this issue from a new angle. (laughs) Don't encourage people to become obese to survive a knife (laughs) attack. To survive knife attacks. And Kirsty's response. It suddenly hit me. I've realised what Jenny means, that I should focus on avoiding being stabbed rather than the inevitable stabbing not killing me. (laughs) Why did it take like four lives to realise that? I'll move to a safer place, get self-defence lessons and try to live a life where I'll be lithe enough to run away from danger. You should have been doing that for the last three lives. Straw man, brutally killed, dead again and severed vein are all the different (laughs) titles in that. (laughs) I loved it. That was a really good one. An absolute roller coaster. Yeah, I really liked that. I give that a nine. So instead of looking at the the massive portion sizes, <laughs> she's she's gone all the way back to ten sixty six. She's not. It's not that she's just fancying like double portions of chips. You know, m- more milkshakes, sugary coffees. No. Straw man. <laughs> Three lives where you stuff your clothes with the, the things you find in battle. <laughs> I just can't get over the line. I should have focused on avoiding being stabbed rather than the inevitable stabbing not killing me. <laughs> it's not inevitable. What inevitable stabbing? <laughs> also, it's absolutely terrible advice to encourage people to become obese. To survive a knife attack in New York. <laughs> It all makes sense now. That's why America has such high obesity levels. <laughs> Jenny's closing line. Look at this issue from a new angle. <laughs> but I loved it. Thank you, Jenny. And thank you, Emma. Good. I'm glad you like that one. <laughs> Jenny comes through once again. She does. So we're doing a different approach with this one because I found genuinely the most boring submission <laughs> that I've ever encountered. This one... I want you to rate on its boring factor rather than its unbelievability. This is from lovely Lynn, who's aged 80. Aww. And it's called... <laughs> I know, I'm going to absolutely tear it to pieces. I'm sorry, Lynn. But this is called Cherub's Corner. Oh, that sounds cute. There's a girl I remember from my time as a reception class teacher in the 1960s. We called her Our Angel as she was as good as gold until the day she couldn't come on a nature walk as it wasn't her turn. She screamed and ran out of the classroom. We found her two hours later, asleep under a pile of PE mats. We'd called her parents and the police. She definitely wasn't our angel after that. (laughs) Um, What? 
she's just written in to say that in the 1960s she had quite a good little girl in her class and then one day she fell asleep under some PE mats. Why she remembered that? That isn't worth existing as a memory, let alone writing it in and thinking, oh, someone else will like to read that. I'm amazed that, yeah, A, she's remembered such a dull story, (laughs) B, felt the need to share it with Chat It's Fate, and three, that Chat It's Fate decided to run. (laughs) They must be running out, mustn't they? That's Cherub's Corner. Why is that Cherub's Corner? (laughs) (laughs) Because a a well-behaved little girl had a paddy. There's nothing supernatural. There's nothing strange. I thought when you said Cherub's Corner, it was going to be like a little garden or something. And she had like, she said that she wanted fairies or something to be in the garden. And she wasn't even missing for like a crazy amount of time. Like it wasn't like she'd been gone three weeks and then she magically appeared under a pile of pee rats. She just had a kip for a couple of hours. She's only little. What was it? Reception? Yeah. (laughs) She's only like a five year old. (laughs) Also, keep an eye on her. That's re- that shows in the 60s, isn't it? That a kid yeah. can run off and no one follows them for two hours. <laughs> but I just thought that was absolutely incredible that... Oh, it's just... so dull, isn't it? <laughs> <sighs> Thank you for that, Lynn. I Lynn sounds it. really cute. Like, you sound like a really cute old lady, but my so God, patronizing. boring story. <laughs> How boring Rubbish. is it, then? So boring. Oh, I fell asleep. Under a pile of PE rats. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, okay, <laughs> hard having to rate this. We could just have it as like a little bonus segment. Okay, yeah, let's not rate that one. That was so bad, it doesn't need a rating. It's unrateable. <laughs> Sorry, Lynn. Okay, so this one is a Roy Deloon. Yes, I love a Roy. So we had him. Well, what did we have him the other day? It was the Saddam Hussein sex stream. Oh, yeah. That iconic moment. (laughs) So this one is just as ridiculous. This is called Batman Returns. (laughs) Okay. Dear Roy, I sometimes dream that I'm Batman. The modern day moody type, though. Not the cartoony 1960s Adam West one. It's good to clarify. (laughs) I go about doing all sorts of very Batman type things. But quite amusingly, I also do really normal stuff like food shopping, going to the laundrette. (laughs) I have no idea why. Do you? (laughs) No! (laughs) It's just a mundane dream. Again, it's nothing amazing. I know, it's so dull. Right, so uh, Roy obviously responded to this. It's likely that you have your Batman dreams at times where you feel your need to be strong and deal with whatever life is throwing at you. It could even be that you actually are dealing with things in a superhero way, benefiting of Batman himself. What do you mean? (laughs) Befitting of Batman. You actually are dealing with things in a superhero way. I actually don't know what that means. (laughs) Is he fighting the Joker? I'm not sure either, to be honest. I'm just, it's the last bit that makes me laugh. And these things, of course, could be everyday tasks that you're finding it more difficult than usual to cope with as a result of whatever stresses and strains are around you. Because it's not just dispatching baddies and eliminating supervillains that occupies Batman's time, is it? He's still got to wash his pants. (laughs) (laughs) So, yeah, that's Roy DeLune's response to Henry's Batman dreams. What, that Batman has to wash his pants, so don't worry about it. So when... When Henry says, oh, I also do really normal stuff. I go to the laundrette. Well, yeah, Batman's got to wash his pants. So I don't know if Roy's <laughs> implying that Henry is Batman. 
I don't know what the implication is here. I don't know what to say to that because some blokes had a dream that he's Batman, which is probably yep. quite a common dream. Like it's not actually that far fetched. Yeah. And then his response is that Batman washes his pants. <laughs> I don't know what to take from and that. And it could even be that you actually are dealing with things in a superhero way. <laughs> What's a superhero way of dealing with something? Rubbish. Oh, no, what do you good. think about that what are you taking from it i don't know i read it a couple times before i realized well no i still don't really realize what i mean i read it a few times and i was laughing at because obviously wash pants being batman i found that funny on the surface but i don't actually know what roy's talking about like what advice is that what who's the guy that wrote in the batman uh henry mulan 49 from paris what is henry gonna do with this information <laughs> so he's saying i think that life's a little bit more difficult at the moment so you need to deal with it either that or you are dealing with it well so much that you think you're a superhero but why is he pants. written in because he's not having like horrific nightmares that need solving he's just pottering about as Batman? Yeah, but he said, I have no idea why. Do you? I think he was seeing if Roy DeLune had any idea why. <laughs> I don't think it's that deep. I think he just wanted to know, do you know why I'm dreaming about Batman? <laughs> he probably Googled it and there was nothing, so he decided to write in. Google search, dream meaning, Batman. Also, it says, dear Roy, I sometimes dream that I'm Batman. Not often. <laughs> so it's not even noteworthy at all. Roy DeLune must be the most bored man on earth having to read these <laughs> because these. Are the I ones... think he's boring, though. These are the ones that are making it to print <laughs> yeah imagine the other one. i want to hear the ones that aren't making it to print <laughs> i drank that my teeth were falling out what does yeah. that mean <laughs> he scrolls past those ones he's like google it i'm a busy man i don't think he is a busy man I'd, i'll be honest i don't think they get many submissions and i'm i'll be honest i think they might publish all the submissions they get <laughs> The fact that they published the PE mats. <laughs> yeah. I don't think there's a filter. I think if it gets sent in, they put it up. I want to get a past life regression. Great. Thank you, Emma. I don't actually know how to rate this one because it's like the Saddam Hussein one. Like, I don't doubt yeah. that that's what he's dreaming about. But I don't think Roy DeLune knows that Batman washes his pants. Like, he's just... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this is the thing with this one because you can't really rate how, like, ridiculous it is. Like, think of some of them. They're so far-fetched and ridiculous. Just <laughs> is a statement. <laughs> I liked it. But I'll give it a six. Yeah, fair. I think any higher would be pushing it. You're going to be extremely happy to know that I've got a past life regression from Jenny as well. Oh, I love it. It's a real treat. This one is called It Made Me Gag With Fear. Okay. This is from Louise31 from Surbiton in okay, Surrey. Surbiton. So we might have walked past <laughs> Louise. <laughs> Dear Jenny, when I was 15, I dreamt a doctor was looking down my throat using one of those brown sticks. It got stuck, <laughs> which made me wake up in a panic. This dream still makes me shudder. <laughs> it's like 16 years later, still stressing oh, about this. Jenny's responded. What do, what, what do you mean by the... Oh, the little lollipop sticks. Yeah, but she dreamt oh. about it when she was 15 and then now she's 31. So this is a standout moment in her life dreaming about this. <laughs> so Jenny has responded. Dear Louise, if you ask your mum, you'll find that this actually happened when you were little. However, you're... <laughs> <laughs> what? A very... A past life regression that is in this life. 
<laughs> yeah, that's not a past life regression. And if you ask your mum, <laughs> if she's if this happened 15 years ago and she's still thinking about it, she probably has mentioned it. If you ask your mum, you'll find that this actually happened when you were little. <laughs> However, your fear came from long before. Oh, of course it did. In the 17th century, you were a child called Jamie living in poverty. You choked on a pebble. <laughs> no. You were sucking out of hunger. Stop. I'm crying. Why is there more pebbles? Daddy. Oh my god, I've actually got tears. When you said that she had a gag thing, I did think of Gulp Gulp Moan, but I didn't think the pebbles would make a comeback. Please read that again. (laughs) However, your fear came from long before. In the 17th century, you were a child called Jamie, living in poverty. (laughs) Jamie in the 17th... (laughs) You choked on a pebble you were sucking out of hunger. (laughs) She's obsessed. (laughs) What is her fascination with the pebbles? Jenny! People tried to help you by sticking things down your throat to remove it. (laughs) And now you have a fear of people going in. She's saying to get it out, people were sticking things down her throat. Now you know that the stick wasn't what killed you. You should lose your fear. (laughs) I just... What? So the stick happened in this life and she choked on it. Yeah, but it's not actually the stick or the stone that she's scared of. It's the fact that everyone started shoving stuff down her throat when... (laughs) Yeah. Well, his throat. Oh, God, she was traumatised. The poor girl's choking. Everyone's shoving more (laughs) stuff down her throat. With a a pebble trapped in her throat. (laughs) Also, you're meant to be sucking it, not swallowing it. How did she do that? So how unbelievable do you think that that sucking a pebble is? (laughs) <laughs> round two sucking pebbles <laughs> I know I'm having deja vu here um, <laughs> like what's there to say what is there to say about this <laughs> also half the story isn't the past life it just happened when she was a kid uh, <laughs> I'll give it a nine because of how funny the yes. pebbles is making a comeback have I taken back the throne? Yeah, I think you might have. The actual story isn't that unbelievable, but the pebbles coming back is just too funny to ignore. But you definitely won this episode, I think. I'm absolutely gutted that you brought it back this week. <laughs> I know, I've already pulled it back for this one. Yeah, I'm fuming there. The pebbles just really... <laughs> <laughs> it was the pebbles that won. <laughs> the actual story itself wasn't that good, but Jenny Smedley talking about pebbles is going to win me over. <laughs> that magic combo. Thank you, everyone, for listening. This has been episode four of Unbelievable, which is crazy. If everyone could leave us a review and rate us on Apple Podcasts, that would be really great. Got actually a few more reviews than just our dad now, so cheers everyone <laughs> we've actually got some social media if anyone wants to check us out we are Unbelievable podcast on instagram Unbelievable podcast at gmail.com and on twitter we are underscore unbelievable cool see you next week bye <laughs>